What's going on, my dudes? Welcome back to Ranking the Beatles. How's it going? Oh, it's awesome. Thank you for having us back, Jonathan and Julia. Our, our yeah. first pod pals. It's Woo. amazing to be back here. Yeah. And this is, uh, we're, we're doing a home and home series. Becker, that's a sports reference. It means I don't know what that means. we're going to be on their show and then they're going to, we're like on their home court now and then they're going to come. So the court is where you play the sport. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's start there. Um, and then they'll be on ours after that. So I'm excited. We're, do, we're doing a double header tonight. It's great. Yeah, to be back. man. Back this, to back to this back. This is the first time we've ever done that. I'm a uh, little nervous. I am very nervous because <laughs> I'm very I am nervous too. old. And like no. I said, we just had Mardi Gras and I am very tired. Well, already. I mean, the good thing is that like we're starting this sober. Like we have not drank yeah. anything yet today. It's true. It's true. Um, obviously, drinking is not a cornerstone of what we do, it is a cornerstone of the Blotto Beatles podcast, though. Um, and we love what you guys do. We're we're so happy that we have gotten to uh, join forces together and hang out with y'all. Um, for our listeners who may be late to the game and don't know who you guys are, would you mind introducing yourselves so everyone can know voices as we go on? And I know this is our first time meeting RB, so like super excited to to get to chat with you. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves to all of our lovely listeners. Sure. Uh, hey, everybody. I am Tommy. I'm one of the co-hosts of Blotto Beatles. I'm Becker. I'm also a co-host of Blotto Beatles. I am Scott, or Scotty C., the executive producer of these crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and I am RB, uh, officially uh, the music supervisor, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Magical. I love We've it. all given each other some funny titles, but I, I want to always reinforce that. I think that like we are absolutely just equals doing this podcast journey here, and it's been you know an evolutionary type thing. Oh, for sure. Things people say on the mic, yeah. <laughs> Once the mics are off, they're like, fucking Becker, Jesus yeah. Christ. When is Scotty going to get that edit done, you know? <laughs> now, Becker's had his own dressing room since the start. He won't see any of us face-to-face. -face. There's only yeah. room for one star in Blado Beatles, my yeah. friends. Um, now, now, RB... Every circle has a center, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, now, we've obviously, guys, we've done this a few times already. RB, this is our first time since you've joined the public-facing side of, of ranking the Beatles. Uh, so I want to kind of ask you a little bit, um, how did you get involved with, with this podcast, and how, did you, like, how have you come to this world with, with these guys here? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I've been friends with these guys for, I don't know, 20 years or so. Uh, and they... I guess you guys reached out to me like looking for when you guys were first starting the project and kind of wanted some like incidental music that was Beatles ish, but not quite a Beatles song, uh, worrying about copyrights and, and <laughs> <laughs> being taken down off of, uh, various platforms or whatever. So we came, I, uh, uh worked with Scotty C to, to kind of write some, uh, some little Beatlesy sounding little things for in between segments and then we ended up writing a, a theme song <laughs> for the show um so I, that was kind of my first introduction into it and then like once once the once the karaoke tracks we were we were we, we record a you know try to do a, a, a the 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 track that we're doing um we re-record all of the, the parts um and and drunkenly sing along to it 
Um, but assembling those karaoke tracks uh, is is kind of where I where I kind of got pulled in as well. Nice. Um, Arby's also being very polite in that we just started calling him the music supervisor and we launched the podcast and put his name on it and really didn't tell him. We didn't. Like, we just sort of, you know, yeah. I know the bullying is not cool anymore. And it, uh, but we I, just it used to be RB super cool. It. <laughs> it used to be so cool to bully people. Yeah. I've never bullied. I was, only bull- I was only bullied. I'm going to be yeah. real. It was the Miles was, Davis was, of social activities. Bully. Yeah. <laughs> I was brought in as a guest for one of the episodes. Yeah. And yeah. great time. Um, and uh, then I came back for a second episode. <laughs> and yeah. Like, hey, maybe, you know, this is a this is maybe a, a, a point of view. I was going a little music nerdy on some stuff, and they were like, "That's kind of a nice little little bit that was maybe uh, a nice addition." Yeah. To, uh, it, not maybe it definitely is. We love yeah. having you. Well, now they it. just keep sending you the Zoom link every week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it. No, to be bullied. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he could shake us if if he wanted to. So. What's kind of what what's your Beatle origin story, RB? I know we've talked about this with the other guys, but where do you come from with them? Um, so I let's see, I kind of got mm-hmm. into the Beatles when my when my folks first got a uh, CD player uh, in our family house, and the first couple of CDs that they had when purchasing brand new audio system uh was abbey road was mm-hmm. one of them and help was one of them and uh th- that was kind of my my first introduction into like who these who the beatles were it took me a while to find all of the rest of them um you know but uh but yeah that that was kind of my i've and abbey road is still it's still my favorite it's, yeah it's the first one i i heard and the and the one that that's that kind of stuck with me. Um, but yeah, I, then, then kind of, I'm a, I'm a musician. So like learning all of the, you know, parts, like what makes this Beatles song sound cool. Like I kind of, you know, dissect it and get nerdy about it. And, um, yeah. Nice. So that's kind of expanded a bit. Um, and then just playing, playing music with friends too. Like we, uh, a bunch of us do it, do an annual camping trip and, and, we we form a collective band, uh, and uh, Beatles are are one of the artists of many that we that we sing along to and, and play. Um, we call that band Bruce Springstream. Spruce. Bruce. 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 Springstream. Yeah. Sorry. Spruce Springstream. Sorry. Yeah. We're out in the woods. I almost feel like Springsteen should have his own bottled water that he calls mm. Spruce. Oh, Spruce Springstream. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. If you're parched, <laughs> take I never a sip thought of that, but it's really good. Bottled in yeah. Freehold, New Jersey. Well, <laughs> when you say that, like, I feel uncomfortable. When you're like, uh, take a drink from the spring stream. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not, not so good. He just pulls the bottle like out the of his back pocket. It. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah. The finest at Freehold has to offer. <laughs> um, who Tired. are you? Uh, what, what? What's who's your beetle of, of choice, RB? Oh, it varies. I, yeah. I've, I, I, I've gone back and forth a bunch. I've, I've, I picked for my first uh, track when I was on uh, my first Blotto Beatles episode. I picked "Here Comes the Sun." I was, I'm a big George guy, um, but I'm also a big Paul guy. I'm a big John guy. I'm, a, I like Ringo too. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> Turns out they're all pretty good. Yeah, they're yeah. all pretty, all pretty good at what they do. Nice. 
Well, one of the things I wanted to ask that I, I don't think I've asked y'all this before, and I, I, it's like my weekly chuckle. Um, who comes up with the episode titles for y'all shows? Because just a few that I've looked at recently that have made me giggle, and they're so simple sometimes, but also sometimes they're so far off. But some of the best ones, Brew of Us. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> All I've got to do which I thought was fucking great. <laughs> Let it beer. Like, who? where do these come from? It's a pretty collaborative effort. You know, I started That's... a Google Sheet when we first started the podcast. I, I think I'll lay claim to it was my idea to say it should be a... a imbibing pun of some sort mm. and i remember becker saying that's a long road to home man i think you can run that <laughs> pretty quickly and so i started a spreadsheet just to try and get as many down as i could and usually we'll say like all right what's this one going to be on our group chat and i'll say these were a couple that were up there and then someone might have one that's like i think uh what was the last one um was it i i, I want, want booze brood. for i want you I, I want, booze. I want booze. She's so heady after heady <laughs> topper. So I mean, good. that's the double. That was a collaborative effort there. Yeah. So it's, so yeah. Good. I mean, that's, um, it's a, Tommy started all of it. I mean, Tommy started this whole idea. Tommy proposed the, the podcast. So we have his working list, but I, it's the most collaborative thing. I qu- quantro you, Scotty threw out the other oh, day. Oh, that was, I want, yeah. I want to tell I you. Quantra, I, I like, quantra tell you. That was yeah, my was favorite like, right, one. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's still pretty tough. Like, there are some ones where you're like, I'm Googling, like, what are popular cocktails in the United <laughs> oh, States? Yeah. Trying to, like, tag it on to something. But. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when it's just, like, one word, too. It's like, boys. And you're like, uh. uh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. help. Uh, what, yeah, uh yeah. yeah we haven't had to do that we haven't, we haven't that. had to figure i don't know what we have there but we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll eke out a eke out a pun <laughs> see i'm glad that y'all have that going because it's like kind of like this stupid thing that i do where i sing some stupid song and put the words ranking beatles into it and that was not yeah. an intended ongoing thing but now it's turned into one and people have specifically right. said that they like that. So now I feel like yeah. I can't not do it, even though I fucking yeah. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and it most shows, you so get much into joy, these things. most shows like right as I'm about to hit record, she's like, do you have a song for today? And oh, fuck. And I realize I don't have one. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I think um, we've just, all just developed a little bit of shtick on our side that you're like, oh, no, like we have to keep this oh, going. God. Like someone will like yeah. send us a note to be like, my oh, dumb you cold do open in this last intro. episode yeah. or whatever. Or someone says this is an idea for a bit, which is the best part. Like if we get someone else's idea, I'm like, oh, this is this is perfect. Sometimes like people give us ideas for titles and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm saving this. Like, thank you very much. <laughs> do y'all get a lot of so calls just, on the drunk line? No, not enough. We it's want not, it's not it's not going off as much as possible. Like. We get a lot of side messages. Like it almost feels like we're we're someone's like side chick a little bit. You're like, oh, put this put this on the public Twitter. Like, why are you why are you DMing me about this? But the, the um, good news is someone does seem really concerned about our car insurance. So <laughs> yeah, we are getting those frequently. Just to, uh, to, to tease it for you guys a little bit. Um, I, right now, all I have as an idea for help is belch. <laughs> <laughs> we're not using we're not using come up with a better one Becker. i don't know what to tell you right. does it have an exclamation point it, oh it's, it's got, got an exclamation got point. To. Of course it does. <laughs> so good what are the side messages you're getting or is it like beetle pod gossip 
Oh, oh there's I, some hot gas. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Wiles is all over this. Thing. I'm just <laughs> no, it's just like people will direct it. it. Like we'll have conversations and chats and direct messages with, like with a lot of people. Uh, oh, oh, hey, enjoyed the episode. What about this or that? You know, and you're like, oh, this is great. Like it's it's fantastic. I absolutely in, in, encourage it. But um, to also look like we have a lot of social activity, I'd be like, oh, you know, be nice to nice to publicly tweet that you like yeah. us. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but that's great. I don't want to discourage anyone from messaging us at all. Like, I don't want to sound uh, brash about it at all. I appreciate for anyone sure. who gives us a second of their time. I Are mean, we like anyone who sends us a message. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, we're not the you know we're not the uh, the erudite uh, Beatles pods. We're at the you know like we're the pod you call at like two in the morning. You're like. You still up? <laughs> yeah, some of them just say hey with like four Y's. Are you guys the Beatles like, pod booty call? What does like, WYD mean? <laughs> yeah, when ranking the Beatles doesn't answer the phone, we, you know you can always call Blotto Beatles. Yeah. Come to the Blotto house. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to we'll, call them we'll next time we're drunk. On. I need to put the number in my phone just for yeah. like when we're drunk. We oh call my god! It. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there have been some nights where I've like the next morning I'm like, I should have called the Blotto line last night. And I've never yeah. called it anyway. All, but I'm just like, oh, that's I, what we want. It's it just like a, good a really drunk message, like what you know. Something. And we've gotten some, but yeah, it's yeah. not. Do you have the number like, handy right now. You could you could throw it out. I don't even. I never remember it. It's such a bad number. Like it's not even like attractive to type to say. You know what? You know? I actually. Um, because you tagged us in, in it today on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I took a screenshot oh, yeah. of the tweet like a proper 80-year-old man. Uh, so I have the phone number <laughs> Was, now. Is your flashlight and on, too? Right and, here. And uh, Jonathan's willing to print that out and send it to anyone who sends us a self-addressed stamped envelope. So you'll get that in about four to six days. You know, Please, Mr. Postman. But I'll send you, you a, I'll send you a larger image because I'll take a picture of it on my, on my, on my computer screen. I'll take a picture of the tweet on the screen oh, and then boy. print that out at Kinko's. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we do have a song to talk about. Before we get oh, there, right. though, I, I... I mean, I, I think you guys are playing it a little, a little coy. You know, we started around the same time, but yeah. um, last time we all spoke, you were in sort of a humble recording studio, and, and podcasting might have been, been great, because tonight, like, you're kind of in a palatial estate. I don't know if you've told the listeners this, like, you've... You're, you're, you look well well off. Like the Patreon no. must must be doing really well. You're I both mean, wearing like really nice robes. There's, there's a butler. A, there's a, a butler, butler that looks them both just like George Martin. Yeah, he's bringing them cocktails grapes. on demand. He's pulling like, grapes off the. I don't think you've let the listeners know too. like how high on the hog uh, you the, know, the pot has been. Made, come, you know, come fan me on the other side, please. <laughs> you get one song no one talks on America's about Got Talent uh, of Beatle podcasting. It's you very know? lucrative. Very, very it yeah. is, and you know, it's one of those things. I feel like the more the word gets out, though, it's going to start to kind of mess with all of our takes. And I don't want to cut this pie anymore than we're currently doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. first especially with McCartney showing up and asking for his his shakedown. Have you guys got a shakedown by McCartney? You know, not, by his goons. Ringo did show up and tell me he was going to throw everything that he could in the bin unless we gave him more money, but no autographs, <laughs> none. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, I forget what I was going to ask you guys. Off the rails. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, from our palatial estate, I do want to ask you though. You know, gold-plated microphones. I just, I just want the audience <laughs> to know. I just feel like you. There have are diamonds on the underside of this. This is the official yeah. Beyonce Super Bowl <laughs> microphone from four years ago. Um, how do you, uh, how do you all personally uh, feel about Beatle covers? Like, I'm finding 
as we do this show yeah. that there's like a large number of people that don't particularly care for the Beatles cover material. I was I was taking a couple of notes this week on this, and this was one of the things I thought of, Jonathan, as I was writing down, because I really respect the fact that you look at the covers as unique pieces, and you're like, I'm, I'm listening to this for what it is, because my immediate reaction is to go, eh, it's a cover, so it can't be as good as one of the originals. Mm. And I think it's really refreshing to hear you be like, no, listen to this recording and listen to this, the way they arrange it and the way they, they use vocal harmony or what, whatever you're pinpointing about it to be like, this is still Beatles magic that can take place in these covers. And I think you've made me look at that, some of these covers in a different way and well, listening to you guys and, and what you do. So thank well, you for that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's, it may be the fact that I just will make an excuse for anything uh, Beatle related, <laughs> but right. I've, I've been surprised that the, that people view it as you know less than or not as important to the uh, to the canon. I mean, I think it's a lot of wrapped up in we have the luxury of knowing where the Beatles get, yeah. and so you know, there's almost this world that I wish that I had lived through the Beatles in real time and sort of understood what it meant to hear a song like this. And then to hear what the Beatles become a couple of years later, you know, sort of, you know, I hear, we all have heard it in a funny uh, timeline, right? Mm -hmm. We've all made our, our own timeline. Um, but when you go back and start to think about it, and especially when you, you do an, an episode on a track, you get to sort of better contextualize everything. So I, I do think it's pretty important, you know? Um, well, and it's so time and place, right? Like they, they never would have gotten to the White Album or an Abbey Road if because the what the industry and and the market was looking for at that time was exactly what they gave you at first, and that's how they had to break open. You know, if they started with all the originals, you wonder if they would have been able to to get where they got in terms of like Beatlemania and you know mm -hmm. grabbing everyone's attention. Like it was just the the time and place thing for sure. You get, a, you, get a little you get a little taste of like what their live sh show was like though because like they're when you when you're playing a, a show and you you only have one record worth of material you got to fill it up with other stuff yeah. you know what I mean and that's exactly what a lot of these covers were it's like these were the songs that they were playing live and we just get we get a studio version of it you mm -hmm. know yeah because they I mean they could bang one of those out you know easy and yeah they, and they probably played it you know a hundred times and they're yeah. they have a tight little arrangement of it that works for them and yeah that's it's like, fun yeah they're fun they make fun covers yeah they make good covers you know great covers really i mean for me also thinking about are we talking about the track yet uh, uh, for me the early <laughs> stuff too is like you got to remember that like they're recording these things not at like two in the morning and i always think that's hard for a rock like it's hard to play music when it's light outside. Right. I don't know if, if everyone agrees with that who plays music, but how do you do like a ripping cover when it's, you know, like one in the afternoon? Like <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's difficult, I think. You For know? sure. That's, that's not the rocking hours. You know, later, all the stuff we love about the Beatles is like they're doing overnighters, right? Like that is when magic happens. Mm -hmm. Darkness is when magic happens. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to kind of piggyback on what RB was saying, is, you know, like one of the things that I find I like more and more um, are like, you know, the outtakes from Get Back where they're just kind of fucking around with covers of songs that they used to play. 
Um, yeah. And those and they're you know kind of half-assed and you know they don't remember the words, but you're getting like the actual versions of those in the early in the early stuff. You're getting those. It's the closest you're getting to like them in the Cavern Club, like sweating, you know, in a tight-packed room and banging out these songs that they love. And I think that's there's a real um, kind of foundational value to that, to me at least. That's kind of always pleased me as a listener. What do you think, Julian? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a really in-depth discussion. Please, please. You? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I on the back of that, my, I favorite. Favorite. <laughs> my favorite. For uh, continuity, on the back of that, I think that's also why, all, you know, all of these covers are saying almost raw in that way because it is performancey versus, like, the intricacy of the studio and things later, right? Like, mm. everyone is going all out vocal wise, because when you were playing these clubs and had to cover these songs, like you had to belt them out. Like Shining. up until get back, they're still using a shitty ass PA, you know, like let alone what could they have been playing at at the cavern or any right. of these other spots. They must've yeah. been had the most garbage equipment in the world, you know? So you got to mm. think yourself raw. Yeah. For, for you guys, what do you think makes um, a successful cover? Are you a bigger fan of, of reinterpretation or do you like when they keep it close to the to the original beatles specific or any cover i don't know uh both what do you think makes a successful yeah. beatles cover for you i guess is better you know i think hearing the emotion in the in the vocal is a, a big thing for me like i think in the one we're talking about today you you hear john has a connection to this song like i've always really loved uh you've really got a hold on me their their version of that and i think it's because you hear how much they love the song, whether it's the story or just the tune itself and mm -hmm. how it grabbed them. And like any song, like it could be an original too, right? It's it's the emotion behind the artist's portrayal and, and performance that is going to draw you in, in my opinion. it's I've never been a big technical wizardry guy. I'm all about the the heart of it, I think. And that's what grabs me in the cover, in, in anyone's cover of a tune, you know, every interpretation or a, more standard approach yeah i i mean if you're covering the beatles i like an interpretation you know i don't i'm gonna say this and i don't like is there a better beatles cover than of the original not not talking about beatles covers i know that we're sort of like uh mixing our metaphors here but like of people that have covered the Beatles, is there anyone who's done a better version than the Beatles? Certainly, no, Jack because Antonoff. that that Guns and Roses live and let die is a Paul McCartney song, so yeah. that doesn't count. I I like yeah. Aerosmith come I mean, together. I mean, should we should we chat about that for a second? Beatledom got really hot recently. I, <laughs> I think this really week on that. that. I know. Yeah, yeah, you were you were enough. It was terrible. Jack Antonoff. That's terrible. no one was happy with that. Not really. Um, good. That's why. <laughs> it's yeah. not good, you it's, know, no. and it's weird to release it or any of that, you know, because who is that? Uh, we all goof around and do cover He's songs. A producer, he, but, yeah, he, he was in like the band Swift. Fun. You remember Fun with a period? Do you remember Fun? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, have you ever? Does anyone fun? remember so that? Long, dude. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> is more fun than putting a period after your band. Right. Fun, that's for sure. Yeah, he or was in that band. band. Now he's like the producer of the of the moment for. Uh, yeah, everybody. he produces T Swift. So I asked my my daughter's a big Swifty, and I asked her the other day, like when this was all going on, I was like, "What do we think of Jack Antonoff?" And she said, "We love Jack Antonoff." And I was like, "All right, all right. good. I, I just needed to know that." Thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know enough to about Jack Antonoff, but 
It's not my favorite Beatles cover, that's for sure. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was not Should've a got RB on saxophone. But I, I find it interesting <laughs> when someone wants to take source material and then try and do something else with it. Because what else are you going to do with a Beatles song? You know, like I don't love a loyal cover also because I'm like, well, what what's your aim here in just trying to play I am the walrus? You know, like I I don't know. What? I mean, what I mean is... Joe Cocker did the best version. That's, I'm not saying that's better, a, yeah. that's, but yeah. like he did the letter in a banging way. He did yeah. help from my friends. He had really that's good. That's the only thing I could think of off the top of my head. That's, yeah. And that's clearly iconic. I mean, that, that performance of little help from my friends. I mean, clearly that's pretty iconic. So, yeah, that's a good call. I know. We all just picturing Kevin in a Jets jacket right now from the Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think Cooper. that goes back to Tommy's, like, point about the performance of it, of a cover. Like, yeah. you can you can hear... And like, I mean, the way Joe Cocker sings, like he's a very passionate singer and that comes yeah. through on that song. So I think that really, yeah. that's probably a great example of a cover that like, maybe it's better than the original. I don't know. Do yeah. we think it's better than Ooh. the original? I'm actually like, going to come back to this topic oh. in rapid fire. So I don't want to go oh, too okay. far down the rabbit hole yet. Right. <clears throat> so Sorry. Right. And that's after fun. the break. <laughs> after we, we had a pause for the cause. <laughs> um, well, I think after the break, is Joe Cocker's better than the original? See <laughs> in five. Let's um, let's pivot, I guess, while we're here, and let's go ahead and switch to talk about this week's song. Then see where this takes us. Uh, friends, coming in this week at number one twenty-two is please, Mister Postman. Wait, oh yes, wait a minute, Mister Postman. Five girls from a Detroit area high school formed a group called the Marvels and at the suggestion of a teacher entered a talent show in which the top three winners won an audition for the Motown label. What a sweet prize that would be. Um, the Marvels placed fourth, uh, but several of the teachers convinced the powers that be to let the Marvels audition for Motown as well. So in April of that year, the Marvels auditioned for Motown execs Brian Holland and Robert Bateman. They then have a second audition with Motown president and founder Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson, which also goes well, and they're offered to come back for a third audition, but told they need to come back with an original song. So Marvel's member Georgia Dobbins uh, contract, contacted uh, an area musician named William Garrett, who had an unfinished blues song called Please Mr. Postman. He let her use his song, provided that he get writing credit as well. Now Dobbins, having never written a song before, reworked this song into a more contemporary feel. However, before the Marvels could return to Motown, Dobbin left the group as her father was not supportive of her support, uh, pursuing a career in show business. The group keeps the song, though, and returned to Motown to audition with the song. 
They obviously passed the audition, and in July of 61, Barry Gordy signed them to Motown and renames them the Marvelettes. Uh, so the song was then further polished by Brian Holland and Robert Bateman, as well as uh, by one of Holland's writing partners, Freddie Gorman, who also moonlighted as a mailman for some time. Uh, their version was released in August of 61, featuring Marvin Gaye on the drums, and became Motown's first chart-topping single. And the group went on to score further successes with songs like Beachwood 45789, Too Many Fish in the Sea, and Don't Mess with Bill, among others. Now, Please Mr. Postman was not a hit in the UK. However, as we've discussed before, the Beatles were well-known crate diggers uh, with a knack for finding untapped potential in unknown cover songs. And as they were also big fans of girl groups, as we've talked about before. At some point, this song hit their radar because they added to their set in December of 1961. They actually recorded it for a BBC session in March of 62, and that marked, that performance uh, marked the first time a Tamala Motown song was ever played on BBC radio. Uh, with their success in the wake of the Please Please Me album, Brian Epstein approached Barry Gordy about the band recording three Motown songs for their second album, but only offered to pay a cent and a half royalty per song per record instead of the standard two cents. After initially refusing, Gordy relented, and thus the band ends up adding, Please, Mr. Postman, you've really got a hold on me and money to their second album. So on July 30th of 1963, the band are in EMI's Abbey Road Studios for the second session of what would become the, the uh, With the Beatles album. Uh, they started the session with work on Please Mr. Postman, and though it was a song they'd kept in their set for a year and a half, the band took seven attempts mm. to get a keeper take at some point in the session, changing the arrangement to add in the breaks over the check it and see and deliver the letter lines. Uh, John's vocal was then double-tracked with Paul and George adding backing vocals, and the song was released in November of 63 in the UK on With the Beatles. And curiously, Capitol released it in Canada in December of 63 on an album called Beatlemania with the Beatles. And it was also <laughs> featured in Canada as the B-side to a single uh, for Rollover Beethoven the same month. And it wasn't released in the US until April of 64 on Capitol's brilliantly titled The Beatles' Second Album. The song was obviously performed numerous times throughout 61, 62, and 63, with its final performance on March 30th of 1964 on a BBC session. So, why is Please Mr. Postman at number 122? So, I've mentioned before how much I really love Beatle cover songs, and this one's always been a favorite of mine. Now, while I do really enjoy the original Marvelettes version, it's always come across as a bit saccharine and cutesy, and I don't mean that mm. to knock it, because it's a classic, and I do really love it. However, the Beatles version is just a different beast. They lower the key on it. That seems to give it a bit more of an urgency and a desperate feel. Um, even at the top, with the way Paul and George deliver the weight, it actually sounds like the way you'd call for someone to wait. Uh, John's vocal here is one of those things that really informed the way I wanted to sing when I was younger, especially as he starts to really lean into it at the end of the second verse and onwards, really pushing and breaking up his voice. And once he gets to like the check it and see line, he's really in this full throated guttural growl. And when he hits deliver the letter, the sooner the better, he barely even gets the word better out. And that part and th that moment, especially for me, that's up there with like twist and shout and instant karma yeah. as some of his best vocal work. This is like 100% one of the reasons why I started smoking as a teen was to try and get that rasp that he has there, which is a really dumb thing to say, and Ranking the Beatles does not advocate smoking. Uh, I just want to put that out there. But I love that there's like nothing subtle about this track. There's no lead guitar work, and the rhythm guitars just seem to kind of drive a little bit harder than usual. 
George and Paul are at like the top of their ranges. So everyone's just kind of holding on for dear life, which is kind of how the narrator comes across lyrically in that desperation of just wanting to get that letter. But all in all, I just love this song. I think it's one of their best covers. I've got all day for this song anytime. That's my two cents. I throw it over to y'all. Whoever would like to go first, I'll uh, I'll pick. I, I'm gonna pick what, Scotty uh, C. What was your uh, oh. What was your brand of cigarettes? Uh, as a young lad, first because I was an idiot, it was Marlboro Reds. Then I switched to Camel Lights, and then I switched to Marlboro Lights. Right. And I was wow. Marlboro uh, from college uh, until I stopped smoking. Well, after college. I want I want to give Scotty a, his, his go here. I just have a question about something you said. You said the, the Canadian version is titled Beatlemania with the Beatles. Yes. Beatlemania why, why the Canadian, with the Beatles. Why do the Canadian titles sound like they went through a Japanese translation before going to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. I have yeah. no oh, idea. I love right. that. Um, I'm a huge, huge Motown and, and Soul yeah. Music fan. So... Mm. Um, but I'm gonna say, to be perfectly honest, please, Mr. Postman is not high on the list for me as in soul music, mm-hmm. like in yeah. the Motown world and in my world. But I do love the Beatles version. I, I love what you were saying about um, certainly the way John's voice is, and and even like Ringo's. The the I love the drum breaks in this song. Yeah. Like they're so simple, oh but he, and he's like just behind the beat a little bit you know what i mean like just that like right amount of like and i mean that that's a crack and i love that shit uh but honestly please mr postman has never been one i really connected to i've it's 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 a little bit of like a story thing it doesn't feel very um like the soulful love music that i think of when i think of motown and some of that sort of stuff even though they've done fun stuff too yeah it seemed like a like a little gimmicky thing sort of to me but the beatles version's great for well sure. the marvelettes actually wrote a sequel to it right like there is a like hold on mr postman come on back here it's like another <laughs> song there's another Mr. Postman song that they have. Oh, is there? there is, yeah. I thought this was like a, I thought this was a setup for a joke. No, no. <laughs> I was about to, I was about to like help. I was like, oh yeah. I am deadly like, serious right now, Mr. Batman. It's called <laughs> following the FedEx guy. Uh, <laughs> no, there, there, there was a sequel called I think it's called like Postman Twist or Twist and Postman yeah, or something like, like that. Crocodile Postman Rock. It's called uh, <laughs> UPS IPS. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know Marvin Gaye plays drums on it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? that was yep. today. He, yeah. So, so cool, he had man. put out a, a solo record before this came out that didn't really do anything. So he was just picking up more session work and was a drummer. I think he plays on a he's on like a number of early Motown singles playing drums. Just That's a cool. great little like pocket drummer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I dig that. So. I've got a, a funny little story about this one. I was um, I was in Florida this week with my family and knew I had to like listen back to this one, get some thoughts together. So um, sitting by the pool, and, you know, kids are in and out of the pool, and my mother was with me. And like probably the fifth time the song comes on in a row, she's like, "What? Why? Why are we listening to Please, Mister Postman?" <laughs> Over and over I mean, again. First of all, your mother should know. I know, right? But she, she, she was like, "Is this for the podcast?" I was like, "Well, yeah, we're we're going to be guests on, you know, some friends' podcast. We're going to talk about this song." And when it got to the "deliver the letter, the sooner the better" part, she goes, "Oh yeah, we." When I was a kid, my mom 
was born in 1949, so like Beatlemania is right in the wheelhouse for her. Um, and she was like, yeah, we used to write that on deliver the letter, the sooner the better, on envelopes. And she goes, you know what else we used to write on envelopes? Too, too young, number two, too young, to drink four roses, which I thought worked perfectly for the Blood Beatles efforts. And she's like, yeah, you would write it like a math equation, like two plus two equals four, but it would say too young to drink four roses. What in the world? Why was that on the letter? Why would she put that on the letter? I don't know. Who was she sending letters to? People with drinking problems, I think. Shows why I'm in the spot I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I, I do think it, it it was to me like a sign of like, not say more innocent time because you know that, that you know everything's relative compared to when you grow up. But this this lost thing of like kids, you know, writing letters and these little like secret messages or things you would put on these envelopes, and it's part of the popular culture of the time, and like just like a, a cool little throwback thing. Like we were talking about. Uh, Joe Cocker and the Wonder Years thing later, and you're like getting that sort of uh, image or, or you know setting or something like that to when this thing is actually coming out and popular. Yeah, this song is also like really harassing of the postal service, though. You know what I mean? Like this, <laughs> these people are working Always super advocating. hard. Yeah, <laughs> these people are working super hard, and you're like, hey, come on, like where's my letter? Like, oh, double check. Like, you don't trust the post person that they've done their job. <laughs> I mean, no like, one's I think taking... there's a lot of that in this song. In here, 1963, you know? like... no one's taking a man in shorts seriously. As <laughs> yeah, a but that guy showing up and he's like, hey, y'all, I don't have any word from, you know, the East Coast yet. Like, that guy is super nice and friendly. Like, it's different. It's like it's the Mr. neighborhood McFeely. cop is coming by. He's like swinging his billy club. And then the postman's <laughs> coming by and he's like, yeah, Jessica, no word from your boy at the war, you know. <laughs> At the war. This is like what was, what was that Neil Young Club? <laughs> what was that Neil Young record where he uh he made the whole the, town? The Green Greendale. This is like Greendale. <laughs> oh man. RV, what do you what do you think Have, on this one? Uh I mean I like I like I like the arrangement of this song. Um I I actually didn't know about like them figuring out the drum break part until like later on uh, mm-hmm. that was used to me when you were giving your spiel at the, in the intro, but I love that part. Yeah. Uh, really like it, it's, it's, it, and they kind of hold off on it until like the second half of the song, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun. Um, also the chorus is great. Like there's, there's like a call and answer thing that happens in the chorus where it's harmonized, like Mr. Postman, look at see, and there's like the little oh yeah, he's just like interjecting and throwing yeah, yeah. and like kind of it's very soulful and kind of you know he's meandering around it. Um, but then if if you look at like just the the chordal structure of this song, the chorus and the verse are the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same chord progression. Uh, it's it's a one six four five through the entire song. Um, they break it up a little bit with the with the uh, you know the little breaks in it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty simple. Um, but they do kind of a nice um, the when when they hit the outro and the the wait a minute wait a minute parts. Um, are cool. It's just like there's there's so many like uh, 
just like little groups of harmonies that are happening in the vocals and uh yeah it's just it's a fun arrangement i don't know it's really interesting i think that the the backing vocals kind of sing the main lyric in the chorus which is uh -huh. like an unusual trick because john just kind of like scats and oh yeahs you know like it, it, that's a yeah. very like it's a very girl group kind of thing yeah and i think they they kind of took to that and you know i'm sure that that pops up in in other beatles arrangements going down the down the line yeah well and i think we we put our lens on it today right and that, that was a big thing as i was listening back you know the beatles continuing to promote black artists and, and female artists at a time when like clearly we jonathan you were talking about this earlier which is something we all probably looked at like no Motown song um, had reached, you know, th this especially hadn't reached the charts. Like they introduce it to a British audience by playing it on the BBC, right? Like yeah. Yeah. that's, you know, and I don't know that they know how important that is at the time. They're just picking songs they like, and there's these deals that Brian Epstein is working out for them. But it becomes very, very important, right? Like it, it, it it's super solid, especially, you know, we've brought this up a bunch. They come to America. They won't play in front of segregated audiences. They won't, you know, like it's it's at the core of who the Beatles are at a time when it that's not the way it is for every artist. Mm -hmm. 100%. Julia, what you thinking? I think it's very interesting that you said the Marvelettes version is saccharine and cutesy. Yeah. But you feel very differently about the Beatles version. Okay. In what way? I just think it's interesting. Well, <laughs> I think there... I would like to unpack that. <laughs> sure. Um, I think there are... there. There's a difference in the way the melody works in the, in the lower key that gives it a bit more of a kind of a, you know, an immediacy a little more weight to it, I think. And it just kind of makes it feel a bit more, I don't know, passionate. Um, the vocal is a bit more frantic in the Beatles version. It's delivered with a bit more oomph to it, I think. And the other, uh, the original is just kind of like, oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Um, it just, <laughs> it feels very clean in a way. Does that make sense? I guess so. But like, why would the Marvelettes be allowed or encouraged to do anything different? Like, I, I think, I don't know that that's the answer. I think it's just because they're just singing it. They're not the, they're not the ones playing it as well. It just doesn't have that same kind of power to me. I don't know. Does that make sense? Were they like teenagers at the time? Sort of. I think they were like, 16 to 20 like the well, group they, of them they were in high school when yeah they won some, the competition. I, I think a couple of them were were out of high school like had graduated okay. yeah um the girl who sang on it i think is 16 but then i think there's other members who were like 18 19 like the girl um what's what was her name uh georgia rework yeah. uh, georgia dobbins she was like 20 when they first started when she got the song hmm. And then she left. She was the oldest one. They replaced her with another another girl who I think was a classmate of one of the other girls. So their ages were kind of different. Mm -hmm. Were a little disparate. And they probably didn't have that experience of sort of or the comfortable 
being comfortable sort of with themselves or having known themselves well enough to belt out a song in a different way and have this experience that they can really relate to. Not to say that John Lennon had written letters. Maybe he had at that time and kind of could relate to this, but I think they might have been sort of like directed to do whatever Barry and the guys wanted them to do. And maybe yeah. that soulfulness doesn't come through in, in as well yeah. because of that. Well, yeah. I, I, know, I think also to some extent like that early, some of that early Motown stuff is very directed to be kind of not like candy popish, but like make it sweet and easy and digestible. Palatable. Palatable, yes. Make it palatable. Mm -hmm. For white people. Yes. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they were probably like a little bit forced into a box of like, you can't be too much. Right. Because. Oh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But for sure. They just won this. They just won this contest. So they're going to They didn't like... even win the contest. Yes. They came in fourth <laughs> yeah, right. oh, they and talked their way into <laughs> an audition for Motown. Which is there was pretty a great, funny. Yeah. great quote. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. And then the Beatles cover you. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, I'd yeah. love to come in second place in a beauty pageant and the Beatles still cover me. You know right. what I mean? Like, like that's, that's pretty good. Hey, look, if we're but having there, a blotto beauty contest, Becker, you're my number one. Oh, yeah. come on now. <laughs> Thank you. You've been texting that. me that on the side, but for you to say it publicly is, is I'll tweet is it. I'll tweet it. Thing. I like that V neck black t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> deep V. Deep V. Um, no, I, I get what I get what you're saying though. And I don't yeah. I don't think it's again, I'm not faulting them for the delivery of that version or for how that version is. It just is how it is. My preference is just for the bit the one that's a little more passionate. If that makes sense, I do like the original. Like I like that there is a charm to it that I really enjoy. But if I'm picking one, then I'm picking the Beatles one. Yeah, and the second it's an interesting thing where I was like, this has sort of become a Beatles song for the most part. But the Marvelettes version has just on Spotify listens has like 160 million listens versus the Beatles 22 million listens, yeah. which I thought was I thought that was interesting. Like oh, that's wow. not. How I would have thought of it, you know, and Marvel, yeah. it's probably like in a bunch of like oldies playlists or something like that. For sure. But I was I was I was pretty surprised to see that. To come back to, I think, the conversation you two were just having, Jonathan, Julia, about kind of what they were or were not allowed to do as I was looking more into the Marvelettes over the last week and kind of who they were and, and their story. There was a quote from um, one of the singers that said, um, you know, in Motown at that time, if you weren't the Supremes, you were kind of just told what to do, you yeah. know, like as a female group, you know, the, the Supremes got first bill, they got the first chance at everything. They, and I'm paraphrasing and, and I hate to take, uh, I hope I'm not taking too much out of context in, in that paraphrasing, but that idea of like, they were the ones who got to craft a personality. Mm -hmm. Everyone else kind of had to fall in line behind them. And I think that lines up with that idea of like, yeah, maybe it is going to be a little saccharine and candy or something because that's what's going to sell a few more records and that's what the business is about at that time. Right? Yeah, for sure. And then maybe you earn your keep and then you get to be... And then you get to be the next Supremes if you... Everyone's going to go through a certain yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's but the, right, I mean, but... the Beatles are part of blowing that apart, right? Like, they are the part of, like, we're someone who can write our own songs. Like, I know it's coming from a British male performer, but, like, that's not what people even thought the Beatles should be doing when they got in the studio for the most part, right? It was like, what can you play? You know, like, 
writing your own songs was it was foreign to so many musicians, which is so interesting because I find it so funny that a song like this, the Beatles cover, it came out two years prior. And I know it wasn't a big UK hit, but like there's no contemporary version of that. Like Taylor Swift or Beyonce, they're not covering a song that came out two years ago and that or a year and a half ago. I don't, Ryan, Ryan Adams covered that whole Taylor Swift record immediately <laughs> after it came out. <laughs> yeah, that aside, you know, but we don't... <laughs> We don't have that notion of like a major band hitting contemporary things because, right, we have 60 years of music that have happened since then, right? So we think, oh, someone's going to take on a Dylan tune and it's it's groundbreaking or whatever. But mm-hmm. these are contemporaries covering contemporaries. Like it's, I think that adds an, an interesting angle to it. I like oh, that. absolutely. Yeah, I, I wish people yeah. were doing that. I do I too. Mean, I mean, I think well, it's I, like the story of the Beatles going to see Jimmy and and him covering Sgt. Pepper a, yeah. a couple of days after it's released, right? Yeah. Like that, because I think it speaks to recorded music not being available and sort of being a cover band and all these things that you had to be able to play current tunes and things like that, or you wanted to be on top of it um, and sort of feel like you were, hey, we're a cover band playing stuff, but like we're we're on top of it, we're playing stuff you haven't heard yet. You know, we didn't write it, but you haven't got this single yet, um, yeah. and that's. That's kids are going to be part it. of the Beatles, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about like um, when Iron and Wine covered uh, Such Great Heights, the Postal Service yeah. song. Yeah. Before a lot of people even knew the Postal Service record. And it had been out for like a right, year or true. two at that point. And a yeah. lot of people thought the Postal Service covered Iron and Wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like c- I'm covering... also thinking of when like CeeLo covered the Band of Horses. Yeah, yeah, song. yeah. Wasn't that like the Twilight well, soundtrack the Twilight or soundtrack. something? Yeah, 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 so that was like huge. Yeah. It happens like here and there. Yeah. Not a lot. Was that yeah. such great heights cover in a McDonald's commercial? Am I making that up? Uh, I don't think it was in a McDonald's commercial. It was in um, Garden State. Yeah, but then was but, it in a McDonald's? But isn't that just a 90 minute McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> We know Zach Braff is is a big McDonald's. Zach Braff's a Wendy's man. You know that. Look at that that guy. He's a chicken. (laughs) There's an Iron Wine song in some McDonald's commercial. I'm going to find it after this, but um, it was always weird to me. Yeah. But good on that. I'm also like, get get your bag. You know, like, what are you going to do? You're a musician right now. Like, McDonald's is coming. Like, get it. Well, and you never know. Like, you put out a song that that could be a hit, and then your next song is Twist and Postman, and it goes nowhere. (laughs) And you don't have a hit for two more years. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, kudos to the Marvelettes. Like, they had a handful of other hits after that and, like, still make good money off of these songs now, you know? I'm really curious about how much that one and a half cents added up to. Oh, God. Over time. Yeah. You could do the math if you want to. Let's look up how many copies... Uh, with the Beatles have sold. <laughs> get out the added machine. Let me get my visor out. Why is there always a visor? I love that. A Tiffany lamp and a green visor. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my gosh. So what are we thinking, guys? Out of 223 uh, yeah, songs let's talk at about 122. This. Let's talk about this. Does this well, seem... I want to I ask before you get too deep into it, because we were talking covers at the top of it. Um, do we think, and I don't know, this is this is teasing the, the rankings for you guys, but does John do the best covers? <sighs> it's hard to say because I know you, you don't want to don't want to show your hand well, too much, I, but like twist and shout, money, like 
I don't. Where do these Where do these land? You know? I mean, those are those are big ones. You know, like some of those ones are really big ones, but also like. So I I currently have the list pulled up. I'm gonna give you some insider baseball without giving away any real secrets. I will tell you. RB is currently hacking into. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. we do have. He's, he's triangulating. Oh, he's enhancing. He's enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> he's hacked into the mainframe. <laughs> yeah. All the way to the back of Mr. He's Big's the first firewall. <laughs> <laughs> Only a penitent man will pass. <laughs> Jehovah's He's answering the Ripples 3 from Patrol. <laughs> um, insider Baseball, there is a cover song in our top 20. It is a Paul song. Ooh. It is a Paul oh, saying cover song. Well, that's, I think that's very telling. Uh, it's definitely, uh, Till There Was You. Um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the next cover after that, we got to go all the way to 46. Huh. Yeah. All right. So and that's a that's a junk that's, that's a John, John song cover. There's also a John yeah. one. I think 47. While I'm at it, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're be- yeah. John John just has the voice. He just has that yeah. classic for that early you know, stuff, early, that early rock and roll stuff. Voice. It's yeah. just oh my god. And he well, goes filler. for it. Yeah. The thing uh, and is, I, like, I think that's why the Paul McCartney one makes your top 20 is competition with John. I think I don't know if I'm getting my timeline out of order, but. I feel like by the time John is getting a lot of cred for some of what I think we're talking about, like Twist and Shout and Money, like I think Paul's a little bit like, all right, like I can do I can that do too. too. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And he does it in a fantastic, I mean, I love that, but. And then, and then it's also weird because like, I don't love Paul's like rock and roll covers stuff. Yeah. And I don't even love John's rock and roll record all that much. Like it's kind of no. sloppy and yeah. You know, his voice isn't in John's, that same John's quality. John's Stand By Me point. cover is a it's classic. Great. Yeah, I, like, that sure. is, and but that's the voice. He's tapping into that same voice that he does in something like this or yeah. like some of these earlier covers. For sure. That really yearning thing that he, he somehow pulls out of his stomach, you mm-hmm. know, that he conveys hurt and like yeah. desire in a way that, is really tough to replicate or do in an unauthentic way. Like mm-hmm. he just has it. Yeah. So but yeah, anyway, how do you cry? Baby question, cry man. so much lower than this. One. How do you cry? <laughs> yeah, baby cry so much lower than this. I was looking at the list today before you got the call, you know, I was like, Oh, all right. All right. I see I'm looking over the list here right now. I don't know how I have cry, baby cry. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Just for some reason, there's something about this song that's always yeah. done it for me. Um, it, I'm yeah. looking in the wheelhouse here of what what you have published, mm-hmm. and like I, you know, my where I think this is a little high are when we're comparing it to songs like Mother Nature's Son, I Me Mine, you know, like mm. I I do think that those sorts of things, in my personal estimation, right above this one. Sure, sure, I can see that. That's so, dude. Yeah, I totally respect it. That's the beauty is it doesn't matter. No one's wrong. No. Or right. <laughs> Ain't nobody wrong. I'm just happy to right. come on here and, and talk about it and see you guys. But yeah, it's yeah. I think this is a solid spot to put it. I you know, it's it's funny because we haven't done it on our show yet. Um yeah. so I, I don't know where where we ultimately will slate all of it, but like 
you're kind of right now in like the middle period, right on your show. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of right in right the, in the, the halfway yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is big. It's a turning point. Uh, people, writers are super excited about this tune. Like, I think they think this is a real sort of turning point of the, the Beatles. I think it's a big, when you look at, at on a, on a record basis, I think it's, I think it's really big on this record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ian so. McDonald hates it though. Yeah. Well, he's, he's grumpy. That guy hates he's like everything sh- though, huh? He's, yeah. But he's like complaining he, about the wall of sound production, yeah, yeah. which, okay, it's oh, not really a wall of sound production at all. But if there's anything close to wall of sound, that's what I love about it is the tonal quality of like the double tracked vocals and, and all those things that he's kind of slagging on. Yeah. I also like that they find a good balance of taking this, this girl group teenagery song and sort of, it's not tongue in cheek at all. And I don't think it's parody or anything like that, but like they kind of run it down middle of the line. Like I feel John is pretty aware of what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think that makes it, that makes it interesting. I, I, yeah. You know. Oh, it comes off as sincere. Oh yeah. 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 Like that, that dude can pull off sincere really, really easily, <laughs> you know, especially in this early <laughs> stuff where he just, you know, is singing for his supper. Like it's his, you know, the last chance he has. And uh, that's kind of one of the things I think I always am attracted to about this stuff is like, it seems like a guy who's like grasping to hold on to whatever, you know, whatever he's got, whatever chance he has, he's not going to fucking blow it. And like, that's twist and shout. That's things like this, where he's just anything he can do to, you know, cement an opportunity to continue what they're doing. He's going for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Definitely and then I think there. we celebrate this. Yeah, he enjoys it. We celebrate this because we think there's touches of this in later John work or things like that, right? Like we we we're we're not excited to like you would never put this song on and be like, don't you like the Beatles? Like you should get into the Beatles. I'm gonna play Please Mr. Postman for you. <laughs> but I think for us that are like diving into John and all of this, like you're like, oh, okay, I believe I understand where this fits as a puzzle piece of 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 John Lennon. And so yeah. that is where I think I generally agree that like this is smack dab sort of in the middle yeah. you know julia, julia as i'm like thinking back on your questions to jonathan about like what makes this different or similar to the, the marvelettes version what do you think about the placement on the list do you do you think it's the right spot i feel like i'd have it a little higher um just because it's it's a cover and they i don't know i don't really feel like they did a whole lot different like I mean, I guess maybe the vocal delivery is a little better, but like they have capital to burn. They have the power to do what they want and took it. And that's fine. That's great. Great for them. But it's still at the end of the day, it's a it's a pretty similar to the original cover. And I mean, we've gone through some songs that I'm like, this should be higher. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've told you this multiple, like cry, baby, cry, like. I don't know why that's so far behind us. Like there's that's that stood out to me too today when I was looking at the list. Cause we, we just did cry, baby cry with guest a couple episodes ago, but mm-hmm. this one I was looking at your list. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I recently more appreciate that student, but yeah. And we did that like a while ago. That was uh number f- one seventy one. Yeah. But come a little closer to like where we are right now. Cause the little, little sidebar, we, record these out of order so i don't know <laughs> i don't pay that much attention to the actual number to remember 
So, um, yeah, like, I mean, mine is definitely better than this. 100%. Sure. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. So there's like two songs off the top of my head that I'm mm-hmm. moving this one backwards, but I'd probably. I think the last ranking of the Beatles episode should be Julia re ranking your list. <laughs> there is a tab on our spreadsheet yeah. where she started, but I think she quit. <laughs> I did it for like 10 minutes and I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> Just walked away. Who likes lists? I know. <laughs> Like, you really did color code this, you fucking nerd. <laughs> like, this is way too much brain power. I don't know. Maybe once we're like closer to the to the end, yeah, I'll feel a little. I bit think better once about we it. finish, we should rank all the Beatles podcast lists. In a list. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We should all submit our rankings. And yeah. Then, yeah, and then rank those rankings. I love yes. it. Yeah. It's very meta. Our last guest was an anti-ranker. He's like, I would love to come on and talk about the Beatles, but I don't like ranking things. Oh, yeah, so which Scotty, is funny because Scotty C is an anti-ranker. <laughs> yeah. Look at him now. Yeah. Look at you now. Ranking it up and down. He also oh, hates beer. One of the things that I enjoyed researching this episode was uh, it brought me back to the film Backbeat. Have y'all oh, seen yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. No, so that soundtrack is oh, unreal. So good, too. great yeah, dealing. I love that soundtrack. Yep. And yeah. there's there's a vi- the video for this particular song is you know they've come back to Hamburg after they've uh, after the or yeah they've I guess they've come back and Stu's in the crowd watching them play, please Mr. Postman, and they're just this monstrous live band and girls are screaming and Stu's in the crowd like staring at what could have been, but also so proud for his friends. It's kind of cheesy <laughs> and awful, but like also pretty great. But um, I mean, I what is that feeling? This. Like I don't even know what that feeling is. You know, like, Julia's like I'm, I'm not watching this. But then it led <laughs> me to movie. it led me to live. I don't video. think you can even find it anywhere. I don't even know how. I don't you think watch it's streaming anywhere. anywhere. You have to like you have to buy it somewhere. It led me to live video of the Backbeat Band playing at the MTV Movie Awards in 1994. Oh, yes! and holy shit, is that great? I remember that. It's yeah. Dave Grohl on drums, Greg Dooley. Uh, Dave Perner, Mike yep. Mills, uh, Thurston Moore. Thurston Moore is there. And yeah, yeah. someone else's name I can't remember right He's... now. But oh my God, they're just doing like money and like early Beatles Wait, shit. What is this movie? The movie's called Backbeat. It's a movie about their time when Stuart Sutcliffe was still in the band and in Hamburg. And it's ultimately about Stu and Astrid and John. Oh. And kind of their relationship. And so this group, like Dave Perner, all the people. They're like, the band they, that, that recorded this... the music for the soundtrack. Okay, so you could probably convince me to watch this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not it's in the movie, a, but a like. Young, no, a, but young, like... St- a young Stephen Dorff as a. Uh, yeah. Stephen uh, Dorff plays Stu. The same guy that played John in four other movies plays John. I mean, if it's like this or the anthology, I'm probably oh, going. Bro, watch the damn anthology. <laughs> Get out of here. It's such a commitment. Yeah. This is a glimpse into your relationship also of how much you probably have watched the anthology. I've tried so hard and she just will not do it, man. I automatically I tried with my asleep. kids. I, I with my kids, I was like, let's let's start at the White Album. And they were like, no, we got to start earlier. And I was like, uh, this is gonna fail. <laughs> First That's episode's a little long, guys. Yeah, World War Two, we get it. You know? uh, well, let's uh, before we wrap this up, I do have some rapid fire questions to ask you guys. Um, I don't know what order we're gonna do this in. Uh, let's do. I'm just looking at the Zoom. Oh boy, Tommy Scott R B Becker. 
Okay. All right. Favorite song the Beatles cover? You've really got a hold on me. Love it. Uh, twist and Shout. Love it. RB? Yeah, I might, I might. Twist and Shout is pretty. That Paul vocal is pretty, pretty good. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go Money. Ooh. I like it. I like it. Your least favorite song the Beatles cover? Um, oh, God. Um, it's it's something off Please Please Me. I can't think of it right now. But one of those, like, more slower ball- like, ballady ones that. Like Until That Was know, You a, or. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. A yeah, Taste yeah. of Honey. Like, yeah, that one's up there. Yeah. That one's pretty bad, but we <laughs> like it because of, like, our little. That's y'all's thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and say boys because it's it's the last song on our list currently. Okay. All right. Okay. No, that's great. Jonathan made me rethink boys. I think that that thing is. I gotta love boys, man. It's a jam, dude. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about them. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually gonna. I think it is taste of honey. Like I don't. That's not a great song. Like it's fun, but it's not. It's not a great. Like I will. Why would I ever listen to this on my own? Yeah. <laughs> if I've got a friend in the car who's not a Beetlehead and that comes on, I'm hitting skip real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is your favorite cover of a Beatles song? Ooh. Um, oh, man. I, I, we talked about it earlier. Like, is there a better one than that Joe Cocker? little help from my friends. I don't know that there is, Scott. I'm glad you brought it up because I, that might be it. That's definitely mine. Yeah, I might go Wilson Pickett. Hey Jude, if I can, in, if I can interject with my own. Ooh. Oh, oh, excuse us. Jeez. <laughs> Answering your own questions. I did. Sorry. Right. Asked and answered, counselor. <laughs> Billy Press. Repre- I think Billy representing Preston Preston himself in court today. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Preston does a lot of Beatles cars. Yeah. 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 Hang on to them coattails, buddy. (laughs) I mean, come on. I love that guy. Kidding me? Yeah. RB, Becker, y'all got one? Y'all got one? Uh, I mean, I can't think of one that's better than that Joe Cocker with a little help right now. Yeah. That's, I can't even picture. I mean, there's so many covers out there that are forgettable. Yeah, there's. There's a lot. Forgettable, yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's I mean, a... nothing on that I Am Sam soundtrack is good. We can all agree on that, right? <laughs> I do think the the backbeat band version of Money is what made me love that song. Yeah. Yeah. I think that thing is great. Is right. I think there's a ton, there's a ton oh. of good jazz covers of Beatles songs. Yeah. Uh, that really counts. <laughs> we had No, we had a guest I, on here, I mean, uh, I... uh, uh, Sean Gay, uh, Gayard, who recommended a, a jazz Beatles playlist that's really, really good. I have to send that to y'all. Oh, wasn't there like a whole album like Booker T and the MGs? Yeah, did that whole beat. What was yeah, it called? Uh, Macklemore Avenue. I have yeah, that. Yeah, so good. George Benson did one called like Another Side of Abbey Road. Yeah, that yeah. one's good. It's great. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. yeah, I I think I would tend uh, to those more than like just the traditional singer songwriter cover of a Beatles song. rock and roll. Sure, yeah, I, would, I would totally throw on a a jazz Beatles thing. I love Elliot Smith taking on because, and it's pretty loyal of a cover, but for me, when I was sort of in that middling phase of trying to get into indie, into indie rock, a punk rock into indie rock and all that, like someone covering the Beatles was always like warm and comforting to me. So I was, I was always like, oh, all right, I've got the best bedrock of music. I like Nina Simone doing Here Comes the Sun. Mm. I think that feels really good. 
Um, and I love when David Bowie does uh, Across the Universe. Like, I feel like that's a really nice nod. Like, I like contemporaries sort of covering contemporaries. Yeah. Uh, kind of the way we're talking about this. Like, it's a nice nod to something, you know. Becker, and all the times we did see Dooley with, like, the Twilight Singers or the Wigs, and he would do, like, portions of covers. Did he ever do a Beatles one? Yeah, he did. He did them a couple times. He'd, he'd do, like, uh, She Loves You. Yeah. Um, he did... I think he did Dear Prudence on like a, electric, oh, like a know, Farfisa or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great. Cool. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, Do you have a I, for for me like the backbeat band is like my Blood of Beatles like fantasy playlist or whatever. like I yeah. want everyone on this you know it's so good those are all the people I want to talk to talk to the Beatles about yeah that's like when you when you hear some of those that those versions of it like it makes you think that the Beatles played it like more up and like. And then you actually listen back to it, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't as like as I, I, maybe because they just play them faster and the like, kind of like yeah, like, like energy behind it, or maybe it's just because Dave Grohl's playing the drums, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, there's there's some like like just kind of primal energy that's there that you kind of like when you think back at some of the early early Beatles things, you think they sound like that, and then when you actually listen to them, you're like, it's not quite that. Yeah, I don't know. I have to think, you know, when they're hitting hour seven in Hamburg and they're just, you know, foaming at the mouth because they're pilled to high hell playing yeah. what I say for 30 minutes at a time. That's probably <laughs> got to be stomping yeah. as hell. Like, I really yeah. love listening to some of that stuff on, like, the Live at the Star Club tape. Like, there are some of those that are, are pretty heavy for what they're doing that are almost, you know, punk feeling the way that they're doing. Yeah. It. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, probably... George Martin's like, we're not going to do this, but yeah. like they, that doesn't come across on the first record, you know, right. like that, that notion of like what they tell us the, the cavern felt like is not how we ever get a sense of it. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, last one. Do you have a least favorite cover of a Beatles song? I'm, I'm putting Jack Antonoff in there right yeah. now, but anything else? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What was that across the universe movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, everything in there. I hate like that. <laughs> it's just not for me. I forget. Like uh, it was very theatrical. Yeah. Yes. All of those covers. I don't. I don't like it all. Oh, those, is that those, the um? Those all. Was the rock and roll group that did it? I don't know. It was Julie Tamor, who's like a Broadway producer type person. What's the movie where like? Are you thinking Sergeant Pepper's with the Bee Gees? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I liking it, that. I don't think it comes yeah. out of that. Yeah. No. Okay. That's my pick then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that I Am Sam soundtrack. I keep coming back to that. I, uh, that was pretty bad at the time. I think, does Amy Mann do. Um, yeah, she does something. Two of us. Yep. I think she does yeah. two of us, right? Which, like, I just love Amy, Amy Mann, so I'm okay with that one. I think Ben Folds um, did Golden Slumbers on that, too. Which yeah, and nice. actually, now I'm looking. Westerberg yeah. does Nowhere Man. I, was say, I think there's good yeah. moments on that. Yeah. I, I don't think that's. Interesting. That's just, you know. I actually uh, like the Ben Folds. This Across the Universe has, like, Eddie Izzard doing something, and you're just like, mm -hmm. oh, this is, this is not for me. Oh, wait a minute. It's. Uh, Hold on. Jim Carrey does I'm the, I'm walrus. the walrus. That yeah. is the worst thing. That is the yes. worst thing. And he does it. It's worse because he does it under George Martin's tutelage. Like it's yes. George Martin's cover album to the Beatles. What? I've and never he heard fucking this. brings in Jim Carrey to do a, a rendition of this. That's it's that's the worst. I'm really done. Really fucking weird. That's, yeah. that's it. Is it it's worse than the Shatner loosing this guy with diamonds? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Miles it's away. way worse than 
that's like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, like you get on board with Shatner and you're like, this isn't that crazy. This is crazy. It's just that weird. You let Jim Carrey into Abbey Road and like sing this with a band. Like it's insane. Yeah. I didn't hear RB. What were you saying? I was I was about to say the same thing about William Shatner that that Lucy in the Sky <laughs> is like, biz, like he's just talking through. <laughs> that's what he does though like he's just oh, weird yeah. Oh, yeah. look for the girl with the sun in her eyes oh. and she's gone <laughs> gone gone, gone. It's so do you good. think that that's like take nine and they're like bill we're gonna need more shatner <laughs> bill can you lean into it a little bit yeah. always got it. really got it. sell it you know? can you take the shatner to 11 <laughs> oh my goodness well guys always an absolute pleasure to get to catch up with y'all um, can you let our listeners know where to follow along with all things Blotto? Yeah, you can find us at BlottoBeatles.com. Uh, you know, a, as we all say, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find Blotto Beatles. Um, and we are on all those socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find us there at Blotto Beatles. We do love it when people reach out. We have a drunk dial line. We encourage people to call up or text or just get in touch in any way. Um, you would like to, we, we really appreciate any new listeners that come our way. So thank you guys so much for having us again. It's oh, yeah. like we yeah, said yeah. at the top, original pod pals, you OG. from the start we're we're there and, uh, you're, you're our best friends in podcasting. So, Aww, so appreciate you, you had us on. Yeah. I'd love to see the evolution of your shows too. Like you guys having guests on now and the way you've talked about everything, like it's, it's great. It's been awesome. You know, I think that we've changed, but to see you guys sort of become, the solid show you have it's it's awesome so the real rankings congrats. are the friends we've made along the way oh i legit missed you guys is that, is that a sign in your house <laughs> it should be <laughs> i ordered it on we Etsy. can't see it because they're living in this palatial estate now that the, that Jeeves, the patreons bring us the are sign, paying for Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> i did Jeeves legit Martin. i did legit miss you guys though when jonathan arranged all this i was like oh i'm so excited i, I know i was like them. yeah it's yeah. criminal how long it's been since I we were know. agreed. So. I know. Well, hopefully we'll do it again soon and well, possibly in person. Right after this. We're <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And we'll do it again for <laughs> a, little, a little bit longer. Um, but, guys, always a pleasure. We will see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye, y'all. Blotto Beatles, everybody. I love those guys. Such a treat to have them on the pod. It's so much fun to hang out with them. And uh, what's even more exciting is, like, we finish this, and we're going to do another episode of their show. Oh, boy. But that's already been out now, when this episode airs. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it out, go check out our most recent appearance on Blotto Beatles, where we do start to imbibe in some beverages. Yes. Or you should just listen to all the Blotto Beatles episodes. Yeah. They're very fun. Well, obviously. Go yes. listen to all of them. But us first. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're they're good for like a Friday night if you got nothing going on, put on a, a Blotto Beatles, have a cocktail along with them. Ooh, yeah, yes, yeah. Maybe put it on your little like Google Home speaker while you make dinner. Are you chilling for Google Home? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I thought of. Put it on your speaker. Put it on your Sonos player. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Open for sponsorship. Yes, Tim Apple. <laughs> Put it on your Apple Home, iHome thing, whatever it's called. Okay, wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> friends, what do you all think about Please Mr. Postman at number 122? Are we too high? Are we too low? Or just like old Baby Bear's porridge, is it? Just right. Oh, yeah. 
Let us know what you think, wherever you might be following us. If you're looking for us on the social medias, because you want to chastise us for where Please Mr. Postman is, you can find us on Facebook over at Ranking the Beatles. If you're looking to yell at us on Twitter, you can find us there at Ranking Beatles. And feel free to flog us on feel, Instagram. Feel, 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 feel. feel free to <laughs> flog us on Instagram over at Ranking the Beatles. That's right. Uh, be sure to let a friend know what we're doing over here if you're enjoying it. We would always appreciate that. And leave us a comment on your podcast provider of choice. But only if it's a nice one. A, a nice comment with as many stars as you can possibly leave. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. And be sure to check out rankingthebeatles.com for all your RTB needs, whether it be posters, T-shirts, uh, koozies, cell phone covers, duffel bags, tote bags, whatever oh, you like. Is there really all that stuff? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, sweet. Yeah, all the good stuff. You want a jumper? We got jumpers. You want a hoodie? Get you a hoodie. I do want a hoodie. You it's want chilly sweat today. Pants? We can make that happen. Yeah. So that's uh, that's all we got for this week, gang. So we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I am Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all. <laughs>